0: All right, good morning, neighborhood church. Good morning. morning. All right. So, before we get started, this will be an interactive service. So, it'll be a call and response type thing. So, uh, let's loosen up a little bit. Relax your shoulders. Look at your neighbor and say, let's get this party started. (laughs) All right, so today I want to talk about from the topic of ride and die. Um, My subtitle is called Prince of Peace. So have any of you ever heard the term ride or die? All right, so if you just uh, uh, indulge me with this urban reference uh, for just a moment, uh, I promise you it'll it'll have meaning uh, as we go through. But so ride or die is a term used to describe a person that is willing to do anything for their partner, friend, or family, even in the face of danger. Another definition describes it this way, when you're willing to do anything for someone you love or someone you really appreciate in your life, the person who you stand by in any problem. So I know the, our first thought, considering the context, we're in church here, so Jesus must be our ride or die. But I wanna give you one even better. Jesus wasn't just ride or die, he was ride and die. Okay, so put a pin right there hold that thought for a moment let's pray God I thank you for this amazing opportunity to share your word Father I decrease so that you may increase speak through me Lord I pray for nothing more and nothing less than your best for this moment may I steward this moment responsibly and faithfully use me at your discretion and use me for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, it is my honor to just be here with you today to share the word. Pastor Mark, thank you for this opportunity, uh, for entrusting me. Uh, I, I share with them at the nine o'clock service, Pastor Mark sent me a message and said, Eric, I trust you. And I was like, man, got me right here. I think I shed a little tear, I got choked up a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you for this opportunity, Pastor Mark. Uh, So today we're going to be in Luke chapter 19 for a little bit. We're going to camp out there. And it gives us a narrative as Jesus descends from the Mount of Olives um, and going into Jerusalem. And the crowds uh, lay their clothes on on the ground and they welcome Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem. So we're going to pick up in verse 29 of Luke chapter 19. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the coat, its owners asked them, why are you untying the coat? They replied, the Lord needs it. Rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace but now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. So remember I said in the beginning, it's gonna be interactive, so I want you to look at somebody and say this, peace. peace. All right, come on, put a little bass in your voice, uh, unless you're a girl, then put trouble in your voice, but look at somebody and say, peace. Peace. <laughs> I like that, I heard somebody say, yeah. All right, um, so I just wanna bring out a few uh, significant points that, um, that I pray will bless you today. And I'm going to try to teach this and dissect it as we go along. Um, But if I start preaching, y'all start praying. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Mark. All right, so uh, let's start verse 30 and 31. It says, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there, which no one has ever written, which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. So a phrase that stuck out with me in this reading here was, which no one has ever written. So my first point is, God has a blessing reserved specifically for you. That's a shouting point right there, because you have to understand, what God has on reserve for you will be there when you get there. You don't have to scheme to get it. You don't have to play games to get it. You don't have to worry about it. When you get to your appointed destination, what God has in reserve for you will be there. Amen? Verse 35. They brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. So I did a little study just to find out what's the relevance of that, what's the significance of that. And so what I found out is that a king, if he's going to war, he'll ride in on a horse. But when he's coming in peace, he rides on a donkey. So Jesus riding into Jerusalem symbolized that he was, he was coming or making his entry as the prince of peace and not as a war-waging king. Look at somebody else and say peace. Come on, put a little onfin there and say peace. peace. <laughs> right. Verse 36. As he went along. People spread their cloaks on the road. Mark gives a different uh, account uh, of that. You know, the Gospels are kind of parallel, but Mark gives a little bit more details. Uh, in Mark chapter 11, verse 8, he says, Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches or palms they cut uh, in the fields. So I did a little word study just to see what, what, what do palms represent. And so palm, uh, the palm branch is a symbol of victory, triumph, Peace, eternal life. All right, see the word peace again? Verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So are you starting to see a theme yet? Peace? Now I know peace seems like maybe kind of a foreign word now, um, especially in this climate. we got a war going on that's impacting our economy. We got the pandemic, like, They're talking about another booster shot. Do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? Peace. It's a lot of stuff, a lot of variables happening. So the idea of peace may not be our first thought. But let's let's dig in here and see what God has for us today. Verse 39 says this. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. In other words, shut them up. Listen. Let nothing or no one steal your praise. Let nothing or anyone steal. Your praise is a weapon. Psalm chapter eight, verse two says this. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. Why? To silence the foe and the avenger. So this is how it works. Your praise silences the enemy. So if the enemy can silence you, then he can still go around stealing, killing, and destroying. The Bible says that he's the father of lies. So if he can silence you, he can continue in his lies. But let nothing steal your praise. Amen? Look at someone and tell them this. Say, I won't stop praising him. I won't stop lifting him up. I won't stop blessing his name. Listen, I just want to encourage you, hear my heart, hear my heart when I say this, never get so poised, so professional, or so cool that you neglect to praise his name. David says this, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. David, in fact, says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. David says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Have you been redeemed? Then say so. Praise his name. Let nothing stop you from praising the Lord. You say, Well, what if people look at me and think I'm weird? Well, you are. I am too. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says this but you are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Check this out. A peculiar people who've been called forth to show the praises of him who called you out of darkness and placed you into his marvelous light. So if people think you're weird, look, I work in D.C., so people are walking around, their lips are moving all the time, and I don't know if they're talking to themselves. They could be praising. They could be on a conference call. I don't know. doesn't matter. I just kind of blend in. So my lips are moving too. So we're all looking crazy. So that's fine. Don't worry about it. But don't let what you think someone else is going to think of you deter you from lifting him up. Amen? Jesus said this. He said, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Now, as human beings who can talk and we say a whole bunch of stuff, some stuff we should say and stuff some stuff we shouldn't say, I don't want any rocks crying out because I didn't praise him. Amen? Let's look at verse 41 and 42. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way of peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. How I wish today that you of all people. I found so, it just so important that he said, you of all people. So he said, I can't control what everybody else is doing, but you of all people. You of all people, I expect you to understand the way of peace of all people. I expect that from you. Now, so he says, then he went and he wept over Jerusalem. Um, Now, I've read the Bible from cover to cover a few times, and I thought John 1135 was the only place where Jesus wept. Shortest Bible verse in in the Bible says Jesus wept. But here we see that Jesus wept over Jerusalem because they didn't understand the way of peace. Now, there's good news and here's some bad news. The bad news for them was, he said, but now it's too late. So for them, it's too late. That's the bad news. The good news for us is, it's not too late. It's not too late. If you've lost sight of peace, it's not too late for us. And I believe this message will prayerfully uh, redirect you to that path of peace that God has for you. So Jesus rode into Jerusalem as part of his journey to Golgotha Hill, where he would die for us. And on his way to face the ultimate challenge of death, he stops to weep over his people because they didn't understand the way of peace. Palm Sunday is significant and encompasses so many things, but can I ask you this today, is Jesus weeping over you because you've lost your peace? One of God's covenant names is Jehovah Shalom which in short means the Lord is peace. But let's go a little bit deeper. The Vines Expository uh, Dictionary explains it this way. Shalom means completeness, safety, soundness, welfare, health, prosperity, quiet, tranquility, contentment, friendship, fellowship with others and with God, absence of war. You can see this concept has many, or has more than one dimension. As the Hebrew word for peace depicts the state of wholeness, wellness, and unity, it is an all-encompassing word. All right. So while we cannot control external wars, we can't control internal wars. Anybody know what I'm talking about for internal wars? I often say it this way: We implode before we explode. So there's a when we see an outward explosion, it's just a manifestation of what, t- what was taking place on the inside. Now, I'm not going to say any names or anything like that, but if you saw TV and you saw an outward manifestation of someone's anger being released on stage to someone else, that was just an outward manifestation of an inward issue They had already imploded on the inside. And so the recipient of what happened received the explosion, the outward manifestation of something that happened on the inside. And, and, and that only happens when, we, when we, we've lost our peace. And that's when that outward manifestation happens. Okay? All right. John chapter 16, verse 33 says, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take courage I have overcome the world. So two words that stood out to me were may and will. So Jesus says, in me, you may have peace. So the choice is yours. The option is yours. It's like I said: if I say, I have candy. You may have some candy. The choice is yours. The option is yours. The flip side of that is, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So my question to you is, in light of the fact that you will have tribulation will you accept his peace? Jesus is saying I'm offering you peace. The world offers tribulation but then he says "But be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. Now when I first read that my first thought was "Well, why should I be of good courage because you overcame the world. Now if I overcame the world then of course I would be of good cheer because I overcame the world. What am I worried about? but you overcame the world. What does that have to do with me? It's almost like if you told me, hey, I have a lot of errands to run tomorrow, and it's supposed to rain, and I say, be of good cheer, for I have a car. You'd be like, so? What's that got to do with me? crazy or something? Unless I was saying in the context of, I'll take you to run your errands, or you can use my car. Jesus is saying this for a purpose. And as I continue reading my Bible, I saw in 1 John 4 and 4, it says, Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So what does that mean? It means I can take courage because the conqueror, the one who overcame the world, lives in me. Therefore, I am an overcomer. Therefore, I am more than a conqueror. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who gives me courage. Strength because the conqueror is in me. So I don't have to lose my peace when I'm facing tribulation. It's okay because the conqueror is in me. Look at someone and say, I am. Let's try this again. (laughs) Look at somebody and say, I am an overcomer. Okay, I want you to say this like you really believe it. Say, I am an overcomer. Now look at somebody and tell them you are an overcomer. All right. We're gonna to have to get the palms out and start swinging again. Y'all like, I don't know what's going on out there. All right, so John 10 verse 10 says this. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, I want you to Keep that in mind as we go a little bit further. But the thief's purpose, if I can steal your joy, if I can steal your peace, if I can deprive you of your peace. One scripture Jesus talks about because people had so much worry and anxiety that even caused some of them to, to one translation says, sleep or to die. Because they have so much anxiety bottled up on the inside, they've been robbed of their peace. See, as Jesus rode into Jerusalem as part of his journey to die, he's not dying without purpose. He's not only, uh, he not only has salvation and redemption in mind, and even though he was about to face the most brutal and violent circumstances as he took on the sins of the world, he rode into Jerusalem as the Prince of Peace. Now, if I can just take pause here for a minute, I just want to encourage everyone, uh, if you have a chance, to just really do a study on the crucifixion. Sometimes we see the picture of Jesus hanging up there and the crown of thorns and just this one drip of blood. But I would just really encourage you to just really do a study because it was so much more graphic, the brutality under which he suffered. Uh, One description of it says that Jesus wasn't even recognized as a man anymore. They beat him so bad. He paid such a price for us. And I would really just encourage you to just really do a study on that. But let me put it to you this way. He's the lion and he's the lamb. As the ride and die, he's the lion. As the prince of peace, he's the lamb. The prophet Isaiah describes what happened on the cross this way. Isaiah chapter 53 verse five says, but he was pierced, one translation says, wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was punished so that we could have peace and by his stripes we are healed. He was punished so that we could have peace. Now, anybody in here, maybe growing up, you ever get in trouble and get punished? Whether you got put in a timeout or a spanking or whatever, but you know what it means, to, what it's like to get punished? I, I got a lot of punishments when I was growing up. <laughs> it's one thing to get punished for something that you did, it's another thing to get punished for something you didn't do. With the fall of man in Genesis, our peace was totally disrupted and disturbed. And so Jesus was punished to restore order or to restore that peace. Don't let anything rob you of what was paid for for you to have. It's like if I say, hey, everybody, I've already paid for everybody to eat dinner at Outback. It's already paid for. You'd all be like, say the benediction. We out of here. Let's go. You wouldn't (laughs) let anybody rob you of that meal that's already been paid for. Jesus already paid so that you can have peace. There's so many other benefits. David says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his wonderful benefits who heals our diseases. All these benefits that come along with the price that Jesus paid for us to have. Don't let anything, any situation, or any person rob you of your peace. Amen? John chapter 14, verse 27. This is before Jesus ascended into heaven. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you, um, yeah, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Are you at peace today? Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with yourself? Are you at peace with others? Or is Jesus weeping over you like he did over Jerusalem? Jerusalem. First Peter, uh, verse five, verse seven says this. Give all your cares and worries to God, for he cares for you. So whatever's troubling you today, whatever's robbing you of your peace, give it to the Lord. So I wrote a poem called Prince of Peace, and I'd like to share it with you today. It says, Adonai, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Prince of Peace, I won't be in a hurry. I cast my cares at your feet. I give you all my worry. Let your peace fall down from your hand to my heart. Let your peace fall down because that's who you are. Jehovah Shalom, peace is my home. The lion and the lamb, the great I am. Hosanna in the highest. Your promises are unbiased. Blessed be your name. You gave me your righteousness for my former shame. May I no longer stress, keep me reminded that I am blessed. No more anxiety because you are with me. And when troubles increase, may I kneel at your feet with my problems released to you, my Prince of Peace. In this moment, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want to come into agreement with you for God's peace over your life. God our Father, Jehovah Shalom, with shouts of praise we say, Hosanna in the highest. Thank you for being all that we need, for being our peace. Your word tells us to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, letting our requests be made known and that your peace, which passes all understanding, will mount guard over our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Father, may your peace be a guard over our hearts and minds today. In this room represents so many different challenges and circumstances that everyone is facing. But would you give each one of us a sense of your overwhelming peace? Lord, we thank you that your peace defies the circumstances of our lives. You understand that we have situations in our lives that bring discouragement and make us agitated. Yet, you give us your peace. Let your shalom reign in our hearts today. Now, just if you would just indulge me one more moment. Every eye still closed, every head bowed. Would you just search your hearts and point out the situation or the situations That are robbing you of your peace. And they're not always negative things. Sometimes it's something positive. Maybe you have a new opportunity coming in and you just you're stressed out about it because you don't know how it's gonna work out and you don't have control and, and all these and it's a good thing, but but it's robbing you of your peace. So whether negative or positive, just identify that thing or those things that are robbing you of your peace. And once you have identified those things, I want us to have a a little conversation with God in our hearts. I'll give you the words to say from your heart, but we're just going to have a little talk with God, just really quick. So, you got that thing on your heart, those situations. And so, just from your heart, just say this Lord, I give you my worries in exchange for your peace, I give you my cares. May I now experience your peace in Jesus' name. Psalm chapter 138 verse 8 says this. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hand. The Lord will perfect. What does that mean? So I looked it up. One translation says, the Lord will work out that which concerns me. Look at somebody and say, God's going to work it out. Come on, say it with a little more confidence. God's going to work it out. So don't be anxious. Be at peace. In fact, look at somebody else and just speak peace over them. Say, peace be unto you. Come on, say it one more time. Peace be unto you. All right, so I have one last thing. Because I really want you to get this in your soul and your spirit. So I have a picture. And once it gets up there, on the count of three, I want us all to read this together out loud. One, two. Three, The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. May the Lord bless you with peace this week and all the days of your life. God bless you.